God, your love is, is truly amazing. It is everlasting. It is unending. It is unfailing. God, we thank you for your unconditional, amazing, unending love for us, each and every one of us. God, I ask that you would uh, open our hearts this morning to receive your word. I know that what I'm about to say is, it might be uncomfortable, Father, but we ask that you would open our hearts. Give us, give me the wisdom to say what you want to be said. In Jesus' name, amen. Um... I was asking myself this question the other day because at church, if you've been tracking here at Trinity for the last two years, uh, something you know that is very deep in my heart is revival. It's just something that I cannot shake. I dream about it. I long for it. I think and scheme on how it can happen, I pray, and, and it's really everything I, I long to see. And I, I was asking, well, why is that? Well, where did this come from? And I'll be honest with you, I don't really know, other than I truly believe God placed this desire in my heart. I, I truly do. From the moment my eyes were opened to the reality of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when I accepted Christ as my Lord, when I surrendered my life to him, revival and the desire for it just was birthed right there. Because I was going to churches and, you know, I was so on fire for God. I just wanted to be in church or in the presence of other believers all the time. So I, you know, I, I've said this before. I went to, you know, Christian uh, fellowship groups on university campus, like all of them. I've been to like all of them. And, and uh, I went to different churches and I'll be honest with you. I want to say this as uncritical as I possibly can. But I couldn't find people with that same passion and intensity for Jesus Christ and the Great Commission and the fulfillment of the Great Commission. I didn't see it. And I thought, maybe there's something wrong with me. I I don't know. It's just, what's going on here, you know? And then I remember hearing someone saying, oh, yeah, that passion you have. It's, um, I used to be like that, too, uh, when I first got saved. And I'm like, used to be? Was? I'm like, this is going to fade? Oh, that's not good. And, and, I, and I remember thinking, oh, no, this is just a phase in our Christian walk. And I'll, let me tell you something. It's not. It's not a phase Our Christian walk does not go dull. It doesn't go downhill. If that's the case in in our lives, then there's something wrong with our relationship with God. It's not that we lost, you know, the, the passion and zeal, or that's just a phase for young Christians. No, no, no. It gets more intense and it increases as time goes by. Our love for God increases. Renewal is a gradual process that gets bigger and bigger. And so if that's not happening, there's something wrong.
That's why I believe revival is so deep in my spirit. Because I believe the church needs to be, like Lori was saying, in India here as well, awakened to God's love and who he is. When we, when we come to understand that, when we receive his love, that passion for him, it just, it's, it's automatic and it grows. And we'll see revival. And so for the last, so last week and for the next two weeks, we're going to be on this series called Church Renewal. Uh, last week we talked about what is church renewal. We talked about how Peter was the perfect example of what renewal looks like in a person, in an individual. You know, before uh, Jesus was crucified, or as Jesus was taken to be crucified, Peter denied Jesus. He was filled with fear. He ran away. And then all of a sudden we see in Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit was, uh, came upon him, he completely changed. Something happened to him. And now he's preaching declaring the very gospel that he was running away from. Something happened to him. That's renewal. That's revival. We need that. And so we talked about what it was last week. And this week we're going to talk about why we need church renewal. Several years ago, my family and I, we went on a road trip. We're road trip people. Um, rather than plane people. Some people are, you know, they like to go on planes or cruise ships. Well, we're road trippers. Not that any of the other things are wrong, you know. We're just, we just love road trips. And uh, my parents used to take us to, you know, Florida. We went to, you know, camping all, all over Ontario. And I've, you know, kind of uh, brought that tradition into our family. And it's great because Allie is also a road tripper. And so we, uh, we love going on road trips. Uh, we went on a road trip to PEI. This was the first time and only time I went, just several years ago. And I remember going to, the, you know, the Bay of Fundy, and we stopped along the road there and ate lobster, you know, kind of like a hot dog stand, but it was a lobster stand. I thought, wow, that's so cool. And, uh, you know, we're just <laughs> breaking these lobsters. It was great, wonderful. And, uh, and then we drove over to PEI. It was wonderful. And one of the things we went to was uh, the... Um, Anne of Green Gables, heritage site. I mean, I never watched the show, but we went there and uh, I remember seeing like, I mean, busloads of Asian people. I'm like, what? So I felt like, a, am I in Koreatown? What's going on here? I mean, busloads and like hundreds. And there were all, you know, Japanese tourists going to the Anne of Green Gables. I guess it's famous in Japan. I, I did not know that, but uh, we went to go see that. And then uh, we went camping on PEI and just really uh, enjoyed the scenery. It was very beautiful, you know, to see the coastline and uh, all the nice homes and cottages along the coastline. It was, it was absolutely uh, breathtaking. Now, I read something recently. It's kind of unfortunate, but the coastline in Prince Edward Island is slowly eroding. It, it's... it's it's, uh, yeah, eroding. And, and they were saying that the, a couple of reasons is because of rising sea levels. Uh, there's been a lot of storm surges and so on. And so year after year, uh, you know, a few centimeters at a time, the coastline is getting shorter and shorter. And so it's putting $150 million worth of real estate in jeopardy. 
And uh, they're saying within the next anywhere between 30 and 90 years, those homes will not be there. And, uh, you know, we can look at that. And I, I hear that and think, oh, 90 years. I mean, that's, that's a long time, you know. 90 years, that's a long time, right? But for those who own those homes or cottages, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's 90 years. It doesn't matter. It's like the coast is eroding. It's a problem. And they're going to do whatever it takes to try to, you know, at least slow the erosion down or, or, or at least to stop it somehow. They're going to do everything in their power to do that. And I'm sure they'll take stakes to put it in the ground, you know, by the coast to see how much is eroding every year, right? They're going to take great measures to see that their property is not going to be damaged. Church, the church in Canada is eroding. The word erosion, the definition of erosion is the gradual diminishment or destruction of a thing. It may not be so obvious, but as time goes on, slowly it progresses and it gets worse and worse and then the effects are devastating. The church is eroding at an alarming rate. This is the truth. It's just the truth. Something I learned from uh, Southland Church when we were out there uh, Pastor Ray Dorkson did a lot of research on um, church decline. And uh, he's personal friends with the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada's uh, president. And so a lot of these numbers are from, uh, from that study. And so this is, what, this is what they say. And a lot of these numbers are from America. Uh, but Canada, we're, we're right there with them. It's, it's similar. The stats are similar. In America, 18% of Americans attend church. I, when, I, when I heard that, I thought, That's, that can't be right, you know, because America is a Christian nation. How could that be right? And then I just remember, I remember this conversation I had with a coworker of mine um, when I was working at this company, and this person told me that she was a Christian. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, but I don't believe in God. What? I thought, what? What? Are, what is that all about? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, and I go, you know, horoscopes and do all this stuff. What? And I thought, that doesn't make any sense. And so a lot of people may say they're Christian. It's, it's cultural. Maybe they're culturally Christian somehow, but their faith, it just does not look like Jesus. And not, and not even close. And so perhaps some of these numbers reflect that truth. But 18% of Americans go to church. Now, if you go to like New York City, the major city centers in America, that number is 10%. 10% of Americans in major city centers go to church. And in many Western countries, it's the same type of thing. In Australia, 10% attends church. In Europe, 2% attend church. Listen, this is the direction the church in Canada is heading the arrow is pointing this way already. Currently, the U.S. is the fifth largest unchurched nation in the world. I mean, what? I, I couldn't believe that. Fa- I, I, I couldn't believe it. In fact, Ray Dorkson couldn't believe it either. And then he had a conversation with the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada's president, and they confirmed that it was true. 
In America, 2.3 million people per year leave the church. 3,500 to 4,000 churches close their doors each year. Only 1,100 to 1,200 start a church each year in America. Less than half of the churches that are being closed are being opened. And get this, the churches that do start, within two years they will close. Not all, but there is a percentage. I don't have that number, but a lot of them do. After two years, they close their doors. This is the state of the church in North America. Now, you might remember, I think it was about a year ago, maybe close to two years ago now, Tim, Pastor Tim spoke a message on youth ministry. How many of you remember that sermon? I mean, it was a very visual uh, sermon, right? He got everyone to stand, and then he got a number of us, I think the pews here and over here, sit down, and then the number who were standing reflect the number who will stay in church, and everyone else will leave the church in youth ministry, right? Well, that number was 60%. 60% of active youth. That's talking about youth who were born and raised in the church, who are a part of the worship team, who will lead small groups of some sort, who are actively a part of church ministry. 60% will leave the church after high school. That's a staggering number. Something's wrong. And that's active youth. If you were to include all the youth, that number is closer to 80%. Now, those are American numbers in the church in America. You know, this past week we were at um, a church renewal meeting. Pastor Ray Dirksen was in Mississauga. And so I thought, oh, he's all the way from Steinbeck in Mississauga. Let's go see him. And so a number of us from Trinity went to go, go see uh, him and, and give his talk on church renewal. And um, he mentioned that the Evangelical Fellowship of Canada also did a study on uh, Canadian churches. And the number of youth leaving the church after high school in Canada is the same as in America. 59% of youth in churches will leave after high school. That's the facts of what's going on right now. The millennials, it's the largest age group in the world. In America, 78 million strong. They surpass the baby boomers in number. Now, if you remember the baby boomer generation, a lot of people talked about it. I mean, lots of things changed because of this generation. They, they had a lot of, uh, by sheer numbers, uh, advertising campaigns geared toward that generation. Um, everything was centered around the generation because they would be so influential sh- by sheer numbers. The millennials, the, those who were born between 1980 and 2000, are surpassing that number. Okay? And that age group today is leaving the church in droves. There are many articles that are being written today on this very thing, this age group finds no relevancy, no relevancy in the church, in their lives. And so they leave. That's staggering. You know, and I look at my kids. You know, they're eight, five, and two. And there are many children in our church, right? It's great to see, 
we had a, a, a period, I think a year ago, where, you know, there were so many babies born in that one year. I think it was 2012, between 2012 and 2013. We were being so blessed. It was so great to see that our nursery is growing and we're seeing new life in the form of, you know, babies being born. Uh, what a blessing. And, and to think that we're losing the very children that are born in our churches. I mean, if the church was able to keep those who were born in the church, okay, those who were born in the nurseries, the churches would grow. We would see church growth. Forget about evangelism, outreach, none of that. Even if we did none of that, just by births, churches would grow. But we're losing the very children that are born in our churches. Church, please let this sink deep into your spirits. That's a problem. It's not healthy. It does not show a healthy situation in the church in North America. You know, and I I wasn't going to mention this. I was having a trouble. You know, this next point, you know, the church is in decline, first point. Second point was this. I I actually did not want to mention this. Uh, I, I really struggled with this one. But I don't think I can't mention it. Jesus said this in Matthew 24, 9 to 10. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away. There are two things in this passage that trouble me. Number one, tribulation. Number two, many will fall away. Right now, 75% of the world's population live in areas where uh, religious beliefs are restricted. 75% of the world's population okay, live in a place where, uh, for instance, Christianity, illegal. It's illegal to be a Christian. North Korea is top on that list. I am so thankful to be here. I'm, I'm Korean. If it wasn't for um, the Korean War and, and for the soldiers who fought for, for that country, I'd be under Kim Jong-un right now, you know, living and worshiping Kim Jong-un right now, okay? I am so thankful that I'm not there. But as Christians, to be in North Korea is, is the most dangerous place to be. And there are many places in the world like that, okay? Close to 80% of Christians are persecuted for their faith. 80% are persecuted for their faith. And here's the thing. It's coming here, right? It's subtle, but it is coming here. Having the views of the word of God as a Christian, we're being labeled as haters, right? Nations will hate you for my namesake. It's happening. Now, the problem with this is that What Jesus says next, he says this, many will fall away. Tribulation is already here. It's already come. It it already has come. And Jesus said many will fall away. We're already seeing that with the number of people leaving the church in, in Canada, with the number of youth that are leaving the church in Canada. Do you know what the number one reason is? for why youth leave the church? 
because they don't experience God. Because they don't experience God. You know, God is a God of encounter. He wants to encounter us. His great love for us. If that's the answer, there's good news coming. Because I believe God is going to encounter his people. Church renewal is the answer. We must have God move in our midst. We have to. There's no other way. There is no other way. It's in history it's been this way. Throughout history. The Wesleyan revival. Charles Finney and the Great Awakenings. It all happened that way. Society was going down the tubes, down the toilet. And God raised up a few uh, who would proclaim the gospel, and God would encounter his people. There'd be waves of people coming and being saved, encountering the love of God, encountering the forgiveness of sin. This, it's happened in the past. It's going to happen again. I believe it with all my heart. It's happening right now in Steinbeck, Manitoba, of all places, right? It's like Nazareth. Steinbeck is like Nazareth. What good could come from Steinbeck, Manitoba? You know, people say that right? And they have these church renewal weekends there, pastors coming in from all across Canada, and they call in and they're like, um, excuse me, where's the airport in Steinbeck? You know, thinking that Steinbeck is this well-known airported city. Well, it's not, okay? You have to fly to Winnipeg and drive south through farmland to get there. And when you're driving there, it looks like farmland. There's nothing. And, And you're thinking in your head, What good could come from Steinbach, Manitoba? Let me tell you something. God is doing an incredible work there. He's switching the numbers around. At Steinbach, less than 10% of youth leave the church. Okay? They go on to serve. In fact, they go on uh, into ministry as well. It's it's amazing. They have a school of ministers that's like over 1,000 young people that go there. They, they, they build this firm foundation for their lives and they go and they change the world. They're changing Steinbeck. And so although the state of the church is grim, there is hope. And it's happening in places like Steinbeck, Manitoba. God is moving. And may I remind you, God is going to do that here. Many, many years ago, on the property where Southland is, there was a prayer that was prayed over that property. It was swampland at the time. That a mighty army would be raised up from that property to preach the gospel. Did you know that? In Southland, that happened. Guess what? That same thing happened here many years ago. The owner of this land, he prayed a prayer. God, may this land be used for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And guess what? Look, there's a church here. God placed us here for a reason, for a purpose greater than ourselves. 
It's a vision far greater than we could possibly imagine. He's going to renew the church. He's going to renew the church, not just Trinity Church. Every church, Creekside down the road is going to get renewed. They're already moving in this direction. Pastor Ken Taylor, he went out to Southland Church. Blessed. And now they're moving in prayer. Awesome, isn't it? 1,800 people out there, they're going to get renewed. How awesome is that? And the kingdom's going to grow. I'm working on the church over there. Okay? I'm going to talk to Pastor Robin. We're friends. We know each other. Ali grew up at that church. God was setting this up from the beginning. We're going to have to put tunnels between these three churches, okay? Because guess what? Revival's coming. Okay? It's coming. It is coming. What we need to do is be ready, is get ready. God is calling us to get ready. And so at this time, I'm just going to end with this prayer. I'm going to have it up on the screen, and I'd like all of us to pray this prayer together. It's an adaptation of Lamentations chapter 5. But if we could just pray this together in one voice, make a strong declaration to God that we want what he wants in this church. So let's pray this together. God, we come to you in this hour. We ask that you would hear our prayers. We acknowledge that your church is in decline in Canada. We acknowledge that the young people are leaving your church. We acknowledge that your church is struggling with apathy. Turn to us, O Lord. Restore us to yourself. Renew your church as in the days of old. Pour out your spirit on your people that we may prophesy and declare your mighty works. Stir within the hearts of your people a passion and desire for you. Come and have your way among us. Do whatever you need to do to renew us, O Lord, that we may once again shine your light in this world. Let us pray. Father, we just want to pray that prayer as a declaration that we are ready and we will be ready for when you will move. God, move in us, in our hearts as individuals, myself as the pastor. Renew me, Lord. Renew every one of us as individuals that we may be prepared for what is to come. That you will pour out your spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your, old, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And God, even on men servants and maid servants, you're going to pour out your spirit on all people. This is going to be awesome, Father. We long for this day to see a complete shift in what we've been seeing in the church in Canada, God. We want to see that number turn around. We want to see souls saved and added to the number. Daily, those who are being saved. God, it is impossible apart from you. It is in you we live and move and have our being. Apart from you, we can do nothing. So we call upon you. Have your way among us. Thank you that we can be born and alive in such a time as this when the, the spirit of the living God will move in the greatest harvest this world has ever seen. Father, prepare us. Thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Can't wait.
God bless you. Have a wonderful week.